Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Can't Stop, Won't Stop, where we can't stop and we won't stop being warriors fighting for justice. I'm your host, Lindsay Ann. This week, I'm going to share with you actionable items that helped us in our very own fight for justice. And you can use them as well or share them with someone in need. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey guys, D here. Before we start, I'd like to thank all of our Can't Stop, Won't Stop patrons. Your monthly donations helps families just like ours fight for justice. The amount of money that we had to spend on a PI FOIA request, travel expenses, signs, bracelets, posters, and so much more was detrimental on our family. Which is why Lindsay created her Patreon tiers ranging from $8 a month up to $100 a month. Without each of you, there is no way she could continue to help in the fight for justice. Thanks, babe. And so you guys, if you're wondering how you can help on a monthly basis, please check out my Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash can't stop, won't stop, where you can learn about those four different tiers that are available. Thank you to Shantae, Sandy, Cheryl, Melissa, Star, Shawnee, and our very newest member, Dornette. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. All right, you guys. So one of the most common questions that I get asked pretty much on a daily basis is people wondering how we were able to get Egypt's case in the hands of the state police. They want to know exactly what we did and how we were able to achieve so much in her case. So what we decided to do this week is share with all of you guys a list of actionable items that worked for us. We went through and we um, just kind of thought about all the things that we did, what we felt we did correctly, what we did right in the fight for justice for my sister-in-law, Egypt Covington. They are, I'm going to present them to you guys in no particular order. We just were kind of brainstorming and came up with this list together, me and Dwayne. And I felt like it's really important to share this information with all of you guys, whether it's something that you are are looking to do. You're the one seeking justice for your loved one. Or maybe you know someone who is in this deep fight for justice, or maybe even the beginning phases of the fight for justice. And now you can share this episode with another grieving family and at least give them something that worked for us. All of the information that I provide you with today can be used in every single case. It's just whether or not you have that determination or the bravery or the support to do each of these items. 
So let's go ahead and get started. And please, 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 if you find any of this beneficial, please share this podcast, this episode with anyone who you think might be able to use this help while seeking justice for one of their loved ones. So anyway, let's go ahead and get right into it. So one of the the, the probably number one <laughs> strongest and most important is it is getting the community support, getting that local community support in your whatever town or city or village, wherever you are. And, and there's lots of ways that you can do that. You can start a Facebook page. You can start a Twitter, any social media, um, but but getting that support and also the involvement, getting the community involved is huge. Once a community member feels involved, they're also going to be then invested in your loved one's case. And by by what I what I mean by that is, for example, we had multiple protests for Egypt. And the community was so involved in that. I asked the community to donate waters, bottles of water, to donate coolers that we could pull with waters in it so nobody passed out. Uh, Community members donated cookies. Community members made phone calls for me to the Parks and Rec to reserve the, the picnic area for us. I asked anybody and everybody who wanted to be involved. And it was astounding the number of people that just want to help. So what I learned from that is that if I don't ask for their help, they don't know what to do. So I've, I now just ask every time we need help with something, I ask. And people are so incredibly helpful. And then once they, once they help out with an event, they then become invested. Because then it's their event too. And Dwayne and I know and make it very apparent that without the community, the Van Buren and Belleville community supporting us and showing up and in, in being involved and investing their time into the events that we put on for Egypt, there's no way her case would be where it is today. So community involvement is essential. So I kind of said part of part of community involvement, I, I did mention protests. That is something else that, that we've done. And I've continued to do for other families in other communities. And that, you guys, is really powerful. It's another great way to get community involved is to, to protest, to walk and make signs and, and come together in this fight for justice and getting protesting for the for the police, the local department to give the case to the state or protesting the local department to reopen your loved one's case if it's closed. Um, whatever. You can protest whatever you want. That is your right. As a citizen, you have the right to peaceful protests. Another way to get community involvement is for emails, phone calls, signing petitions, asking them. And the best way to do it, you guys, instead of just putting out there and saying, please email the mayor 
asking him to give my loved one's case to the state, that's, that's great. But what I suggest is to give your community a script. Give them exactly what to say. Tell them, copy and paste this message to this email address. Make it as easy as possible for people. As soon as someone starts to get confused or not sure what to write or a little bit embarrassed, that's when they back away and they don't do it. But if it's written out for them, all they have to do is copy and paste, copy and paste the message, copy and paste the email. That's simple. And that's when you're going to get people to follow through and to get involved and to be invested. Same thing with phone calls. I would put on I would put a script right on our Facebook page and say, "Please call this number at any time throughout the day. If you want to call multiple times, feel free. This is all you need to say. Please transfer me to Detective Charles Bazzi." And then they'll transfer you. Most likely it will go to his voicemail and then you say this this and this x y and z and leave that message on his voicemail. That's it. As long as it is easy and simple to do, your community will stand behind you. I promise you. I guess maybe I should have started with um, prior to getting the community's support, you need to have facts. And you need to have, have documents to back up your facts on, on the case of your loved one or whatever case you're trying to get community involvement. And one way to do that is by Freedom of Information Act. I'm going to call it FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act. I know it's called different things in different states. Access to public records requests. There, there's, there's a few different ways to say it, but I'm going to say FOIA because that's what it is here in Michigan. And so you can FOIA for everything and anything in a case. Yeah, you might get declined some, some information. But if you don't FOIA for it, then you don't know if you're able to get it or not. So give it a try. And they have to answer you. The local department has to give you an answer on why, if they decline it, why they declined it. And then you can make adjustments and resubmit your request, maybe tweaking your request a little bit. And who knows? Just keep putting that pressure to get the documents that you are entitled to. And then that also leads me into knowing your rights. So knowing your rights as a citizen of that community. Familiarize yourself with those rights. Get on your local jurisdiction's website. Get to know their police union contract. Get to know what is happening in your local jurisdiction. What rights you have as a citizen. It's a lot of research that you didn't ask to do or that you didn't want to ever have to do. But let's face it, too many people now are in our same situation. Too many people are let down by their local jurisdiction, by their local law enforcement. And the truth is, too many people have to investigate their own loved one's 
murders, missing persons, homicides, suicides, you name it. So then once you have some documents to, I guess, stand behind you on what you say and what you put out on social media, I highly suggest you put those out on social media. Show the community what you're talking about. Don't just say, oh, this police officer said this, this, and this. No, show your community. Show them the document. Have them listen to the phone call where this detective said X, Y, and Z. That proof is what your community wants and needs in order to fully trust you and to fully back you. That is powerful. Another thing, too, is to record everything. I'm going to say it again. Record everything. Every conversation you have regarding your loved one's case, record it. And one way to do it, you don't have to pay for an app on your phone. You can use another person's phone and hold it up to yours while you're talking using a voice memo. That's one simple way to do it. Because we all know, and I'm sure it's happened to every single one of us, the games that are played of he said, she said, when dealing with seemingly negligent police departments. I don't know how many times I have heard someone in a police department say, I never said that. I never said that. And I say, you damn well did. And I have the recording. Because of so many of the recordings that I have, that is a huge reason how we got Egypt's case into the hands of state police. Same thing with emails. Same thing with um, messages on Facebook, Instagram. Screen shot everything. It is very easy. Now, nowadays, you guys, you can unsend already sent messages. So that's what I find happening often. Someone will send an incriminating message and then they unsend it and it's gone. It says that this message is not, no longer available for you to see. As soon as you see a message that has anything to do with your loved one's case, screenshot it, print it, and save it. Organize every single document that you have in your loved one's case. Have it all in the same spot, ready at your hands, at your fingertips, whenever you need it. Town hall meetings. That is huge. Your city council members cannot help you if they don't know what is happening. I always suggest that families go to their city, their township meetings. Every single one has a public comments section on their agenda. 
Stand up there. It is so difficult, you guys. I understand that. Take a lot of deep breaths. Write down your script. Write down exactly what you're going to say. You don't even have to look at them. Read exactly what you want to tell them. Read from the paper. But get your story out there. They need to know the truth. Because a lot of the times they're only hearing one side, which is typically from law enforcement. And most of the time, law enforcement is telling them, oh, she's just a grieving mom. They're just still grieving. They can't take it that they lost their child. They're just crazy. It is so important to stand in front of your council members. And if you have to go over and over and over every month, going again, standing in front of them, either saying the exact same thing or adding new details, do it. Be that pesty fly that everyone wants to get rid of. Because when the time comes that you are so annoying that they want to get rid of you, you know where they're going to give you? They're going to give you to the state. And that's what you want. So I guess speaking of town hall meetings, Dwayne and I drove to Muncie, Indiana just this past week. And a couple families invited me to come and speak there on their behalf and put some pressure on the local council members to make some movement in their loved ones' cases. These families had already gone a couple months, a couple months worth of meetings where they got up and they spoke, and they got a bunch of empty promises. Nothing had been done, so they asked me to come and speak there, and I gladly did. I'll share with you what I said at this meeting. Lindsay Brink. Good evening, Ms. Brink. Good evening, thank you. So a quick introduction of who I am. My name is Lindsay and I, my sister-in-law was murdered um, in 2017. We fought and we fought and we fought and we were able to get the state police involved in her case and within one week the state police was able to um, name one of her killers. For three and a half years our local department had it and they were going after the wrong person. That's an example of what giving, using the resources that we have available. I am now an advocate. I travel across the country to help families that are seeking justice. And I'm here on behalf of so many families here in Muncie. And just to, to maybe inform you the benefits of what it does to, to your, your, your role. You guys have the accountability to take this step and to, and to move these cases um, to hold Muncie Police Department accountable. You guys, along with the mayor, I was hoping that the mayor would be here today as well. I think it was put out there that, that we were all going to be here. I'm hoping that's not the reason that, that he's not here. Um, but you guys have the authority to, to hand these cases over. You have the authority to do that. This community right now wants to know where you guys, where you guys stand. Where your, um, th th that you guys have their backs. And the community wants to know where, we want to know where your priorities are. And, and I'll tell you, if it's not in the realm of protecting and serving your, the community, then there's a lot of reform that needs to happen within Muncie. 
um, these families, they, I sit up here and I'm watching or I've watched and I've watched other times of them coming up and speaking and I see the looks of sorrow. I see that on your faces. Right now, that's not what they want. You know how long that these families have been suffering? They don't want your sorrow and sympathy. They want your empathy and they want action. They want to see change in their, in their loved ones' cases. And it can happen. You guys have the authority to do that. Passing it along. It's hard to hear you say, why don't you stay after and talk to the deputy mayor? No, you stay after and talk to the deputy mayor. You guys take that on. Don't put that on these families. They've done so much trying. And they've been put down and the trust is gone. The trust is gone. They don't even want it in Muncie anymore. They want it to the state. To, to, the, to places that, that resources are available to help their cases get solved. It's, it's um, sorry, I'm losing my, it, it, it's, yeah, the trust is gone. So, so what, so asking for, and, and asking for the assistance of the state police, that would be a step, the FBI. We know that's available. That's what happened. That's how my sister-in-law's case was solved. Because we got the FBI involved. We got the state, state police involved. It's available and it's there. It just needs to happen. They need that accountability from people like you because they're not listening to these families that are grieving. Sorry, I'll finish up. Um, and and so so more. What I really want to say is when when is enough enough? When is the time to stand up and be the heroes that this community is asking you guys to be? When is when is that time? When is it time for you guys to put yourselves in their positions? And if this was your loved one that has been missing for eight years, your loved one that was body was found in a wastewater treatment, thrown off a conveyor belt, what if that was your loved one? What would you want to happen in that case? When is it time to put yourselves in that position? So what I'm, and also to, to finish it up, what I'm here to say is that we all, this won't be the last thing you see of us. And, and I'm telling you, we will stand with you guys. I guarantee we will stand with each and every one of you as long as you stand with us and with the community that's here. We will be here. So as we come into this holiday season, I want you guys to please take a moment when you're in, when you're with your families. Take a moment and put Ashley Morris Mullis, her family, in your head. Put yourselves in their shoes. Michael Coates' family, put yourself in their shoes. Thank you. Thank you. So you guys, I did not edit any of that out. And as you can hear, I fumbled a little bit. I lost my train of thought a little bit, and I love to speak. I speak all the time. So I get it. It's not an easy thing to do. I still get so nervous every time I stand in front of these council members. I understand. But the only way for you guys to get past that fear is to go up and do it. Just want to cover just a couple more things here to wrap to wrap this episode up. One thing is media exposure. Police departments do not like media exposure, especially negative. 
And you guys, it's not, you're not going to find very many news reporters that will discuss kind of the negativity of police departments. Not many will do that. In fact, I've only found one that will at least question, which is Kara Kenny, WRTV out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And she does a phenomenal job holding officers accountable. But I'm telling you, that is not easy to find. So you have to be strategic when you're trying to get media exposure on your loved one's case. One way that we were able to do it was to invite all the news stations to our protests, to our celebrations of of life for Egypt. That was our way of kind of working around the negativity of uh, exposing the police departments. We didn't necessarily expose them, but we were protesting. And if you're protesting, there's got to be a reason that you're protesting. So then that starts people asking questions, joining Facebook pages, and getting more attention. So getting media exposure is really helpful as well. Another way is Facebook Lives. Dwayne and I go live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. And you guys, before I had a podcast, we still went live almost on a weekly basis. And I have a slew of bloopers. We used to record them first. We would sit on our couch and we would record what we wanted to say. And then we would just post that recording because we had to, <laughs> we had to do it over and over and over again because um, we would, I mean, it was, it was hilarious. And we just, it actually was a lot of fun for us. I highly suggest that. It, we were just giving information to the public about Egypt's case and it was a bonding time for us. And then everyone else got to see us. They got to see our faces. Sometimes we cried on them. Sometimes we laughed. Sometimes it was a pretty, you know, kind of matter of fact message that we sent out. And then we started to go live. And that is so much fun because then you can interact with the people on your page, on your justice page. You can answer questions. They can see you. They can get to know you a little bit better and get more invested in your loved one's case. So I highly recommend that as well. The last thing that I want to say is to set boundaries. Boundaries are so important when you're dealing with such a tragic topic and a very controversial topic. You guys, don't be afraid to block people. Don't be afraid to get rid of the haters. It is your site. It is your Facebook page. It is your Instagram profile. If you don't want someone on there, then get them off. And if they get mad about that, that's their problem. If anyone is bringing negativity into your fight for justice, get rid of them. Don't let anyone question what you know is right, what you feel is the right thing to do. 
And just because you block someone doesn't mean that they have to be blocked forever. It could be where, you know what, I just need you out of my life for the next 10 days. I'll give you another try. After that, I'll unblock you. If you want to join again, you can. Or maybe it's someone that you would just want to block and never allow them back in. The list of people that we have blocked on our pages, I mean, it's in the hundreds. I don't give a shit. They can get mad all they want, but there's a reason that I blocked every single one of them. It is your site. Don't let anyone take away your fight for your loved one. Another boundary to set that we found really helpful was on our Justice for Egypt page, Justice for Egypt, the truth behind the investigation, we kept it strictly to facts. Dwayne and I are the only admins. We're the only ones that can post. Same with can't stop, won't stop. I am very, very picky on what gets posted on both of those pages. But that's my choice. We keep it strictly, especially the Justice for Egypt page, strictly to facts. People don't want to hear the theories. Some people do, but it's not going to help the case. We all have our own theories in every case. Keep it to facts or you're going to lose some really critical community members who come to that page to get facts. As soon as you start throwing theories out there and motherfucking up and down the alleged uh, killer, people are going to start backing away. They don't want that. They know you hate that person. If you're going to do something like that, which believe me, we've wanted to do a lot of, put a fact with it. Call this person a motherfucker or whatever you want to say, but put it with a fact. So for example, maybe this motherfucker stole my daughter's phone and we now have proof that they were together the night that she was murdered. It's just an example. So you're getting your aggression out there, but you're also putting a fact out there. Okay, so you guys, I gave you a lot of information on what we did in our fight for justice for Egypt Covington and what helped get our almost there justice for Egypt. And I'm going to swing back to the number one thing, community involvement. Get the community involved and invested. So I hope this helped you if you are the one fighting for a loved one. And even if you're not, I hope this helped you as well if you're not the one that's that's lost a loved one. Because we all know that this happens all the time. And it can happen to each and every one of us. And now, 
hopefully you have some greater tools, some more tools to help in the fight for justice if you ever have to. Or if you hear of anyone that needs some advice, you can always just share now the knowledge that you have to help them fight for justice. And as always, you guys, please reach out to me with any questions. You can reach me at MyLindsayAnn on Instagram. On Facebook, my name is Lindsay Ann for my personal page. And I'm available at Can't Stop, Won't Stop on Facebook as well. Join that group and ask me a question. Dwayne and I go live on Can't Stop, Won't Stop every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. We would love to have you join us and ask us any questions or just sit there and watch us and be a part of our community. We are so grateful for each and every one of you. And you guys, hopefully you are saving up and getting ready for our big event, which still remains nameless. We're getting closer to a name, but it's happening, you guys. We're having our first huge event in November of 2022. You will not want to miss it. It is going to have dynamic speakers. We are going to have families fighting for justice. We are going to have people who are coming just wanting to learn how to use their voice, whether they have a loved one missing, murdered, or not. It's just, it's going to be an event for everyone. And you will leave this event feeling heard. You will leave this event in November of 2022 with a whole new community of people that are fighting the same fight that you are, that are joining your fight for justice. It is going to be an epic event, and I cannot wait to see all of you here in Michigan, in my hometown here, in in uh, it's actually going to be held in Novi, Michigan, which is a neighboring city to where I live in Farmington Hills. We cannot wait to see you there. One last thing, my merch. My merch is up and running now. Please go and check it out at can'tstopwon'tstop.store. I have couple sweatshirts coming in the mail and then I have already received the stickers that I ordered and I am in love with them. I love the sticker that says I can and I will expose you. And of course the sticker that says in my opinion is also a favorite. (laughs) All right y'all I'm excited for next week's episode and uh, we'll talk to you soon. You know, I don't know why so much pain and loss has to happen. I don't have all the answers. It has been nine years since Tanner Barton and Charles Netherland were taken from all of us. And it has been four years since Brittany Bell and Egypt Covington were taken from all of us. It has been too many years of obstacles and lies from people they trusted and from the police. It has been too many years that no family should ever have to go through. Tanner, Charles, Brittany and Egypt, 
We can't stop and we won't stop fighting for you and every other victim that deserves justice. Please be sure to join our Facebook group, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, for more information. You can also follow me on Instagram at MyLindsayAnn. A huge thank you to singer and songwriter Mr. Peace for allowing us the right to use the song Where'd You Go featuring our beloved Peace. Seems like it's been forever since you've been gone.